Hello. Can anyone around here speak basketball? It's the Confederacy of Dunks Basketball Podcast. Kyle. Welcome to the Confederacy of Dunks Basketball Podcast. I am your host, Freddie Rivas. And who, sir, are you? I am the producer, Matt Duncan, here for your, uh, for, for you all to enjoy uh, in any way you can. Well, let me tell you, Matt, I enjoy you in a variety of ways. Fantastic. Uh, and, and the listeners, I do believe, enjoy you in many ways. So, <laughs> Hi, guys. <laughs> there you go. That, that, that voice right there is a new way for you all to enjoy that. My favorite open face sandwich is a Matt many ways. Um, it's basically him doing all these weird voices um, and some audio files that are uh, grainy and sound tinny. You know, like the Boogie Cousins one, uh, if you've ever heard. Oh, wow. Yeah. We haven't played that one in a while. No, no. Remember that? Uh, Remember that day when he signed the... Signed the contract to go to the the Warriors, and he was all excited. And it was a big was deal. Like, oh wow, Boogie for five mil. Oh, wow. Yeah. Then next year he signed with the Lakers. Oh man. But uh, yeah, thanks for joining us, everyone. Um, this podcast is like a you know we're a hardcore Raptors pod. We love the NBA. We don't have any inside knowledge, but we are fairly obsessive. So you're going to get some good stuff here. We do have a little uh, bit of inside knowledge. I did, uh, you know, okay. serve Glenn Grunwald when I worked at Sport Mart back in 2002. So Sport Mart. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That sounds like three purchases ago. Did you never go to Sport Mart? I think I did, but it was I'm a gonna... really shitty sports store. It was like a discount sports store from my West. It was like pretty bad. Played against sports. Uh, no, it was new stuff, but it was just all like, you know, you go to sport check for the fancy stuff. You go to sport mart for like real, you know, no sneakers over 80 bucks, you know, yeah, like those you, are the top. You, you, you go to sport mart, you bounce tennis ball. It just doesn't even bounce. Oh yeah. Right. <laughs> well, I saw Glenn, Glenn Grunwald came in there to buy a skateboard, the cheap bugger. Glenn Grunwald. You known. <laughs> and it's on you for not alerting everyone when that happens. I know. Um, <laughs> okay, let's uh let's get to the good so um, yeah matt if uh you know if people want to follow us uh you know support us uh you know wear this 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 cool toque i have which is yep. anti-itch mm-hmm. yeah um, check out pods on the sonar network uh, yeah you know all, all the good stuff give it to me you know we've got like like open it like a magician opening a deck of cards at dunkspodcast.com for all our links you know as we have said now before it is like a, a teenager's skateboard you know mm-hmm. the inside of the deck covered in stickers that is what our links are like but they will get you where you need to go if you right. want to go to the sonar network and see all the new podcasts that are going on you can listen to us there as well and you can also listen to us right on our website or on all the uh, podcatchers you know uh, apple Podcasts, spotify stitcher iHeartRadio. you know them all and uh yeah, if you do want a toque, 
because it is getting colder. Even I know it's a little warm right now. You're getting a bit of a warm flash right now, everybody. But just for a bit, just a little bit. You're gonna get you need an anti itch toque on your head. And uh, there's only one brandy in the world. And that's the Confederacy of Dunks one. So get in contact with us. Twenty bucks a pop. Support the pod, Esquire. Wow, I was wondering how that was going to end. <laughs> Esquire was great. Yeah. Uh, but Matt, Matt, let's also touch on, we got a we got an extra special promo going this month. We right? do, yes. Yeah, for the month of November. Uh, I don't know, you may have heard it before the episode started. You'll definitely hear it after, but we are sponsored by Manscaped. Okay, manscaped.com. Check it out. They've got the Lawnmower 3.0 trimmers. They got ball dusters, ball wipes, ball Crop dusters, boxers, <laughs> boxers. They, have, they got uh, like nice uh, the sculptures k- of your own ball. Yeah, yeah. They got a lot of good stuff, and you know what? If you use Dunks Pod is the code D U N K S P O D, you'll get twenty percent off plus free shipping. Come on, guys! It's holidays. You got to buy some gifts. Dad probably needs a ball trimmer. All right, so get- <laughs> don't bring Dad into this. But for anyone listening, it makes for a nice gift. Yeah, um, for you or- yourself. <laughs> Dad needs some ball wipes. Wow. <laughs> Manscaped.com. Matt is just on some kind of drag race right now. Oh, He's just yeah. like, let's get nasty. Yeah. Kicking, kicking shit in the nos. Yeah. And I'm here for it, Maddie. Yeah. Uh, wow. I've been doing lines of the ball duster all day. <laughs> all duster. Oh, God. Uh. So yeah, this is a, it's a hot start. Uh, you know what though? Let's let's jump right into it. Um, let's start talking to Ball and let's introduce these these guests, right? Yeah. Um, and and before we do that, of course, you know, email your city councilors and uh, ask them what's going on with the police and why they have too much funding. Uh, defund the police. It's an important movement. Keep it going. Uh, okay. So uh, with all of that said, um, Maddie. Please uh, just tell me if we're good to go. Tell me if everything's okay. 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 Uh, here we go. Uh, there's obviously a lot to talk about. Let's bring on. Uh, let's bring on these two guests. I'm pretty pumped for this episode. Um, yeah. Uh, First guess, uh, we we made a weird connection a long time ago. He's kind of part of my family. Uh, actually, not kind of. I think he like kind of actually is part of my family. Um, a hardcore Raptors fan, uh, still with Criterion, I believe. Uh, has a awesome vintage uh, VC jersey on. Uh, if you're checking on YouTube, please give it up as loud as you can, even if you're at home alone. For Daniel Reyes. It's always a lovely surprise to hear the song because I always, I never remember it. So it's always, <laughs> it's, it's a, uh, it's a brand new experience every time. Yeah. It's a, it's, it's a pleasure because Matt finds these uh, free songs and assigns them to people and it's their, it's their <laughs> lifelong song. Uh, if they ever do this show. It's true. Um, well, uh, I guess let, let's keep this train rolling. Cause uh, we got a new guest. I'm super, super excited for um she uh she she works with the raptors queens podcast um a hardcore raptors fan and uh yeah without further ado give it up 
as loud as you can, even if you're at home alone, for Allison. <laughs> Allison, this is your lifelong song. Let me start Ooh. by apologizing. <laughs> yeah, that's like some bad Atari game. <laughs> Yeah, we might we might have to make an exception, and you know, if if you if you if you grace us with your presence again, we'll we'll give you a new song because that song is like, yeah, it's kind of like an Atari game has fallen apart slowly and is like dying forever. Your song. <laughs> Super but, um, excited to be here. Um, thank you for the uh, the invite, and I, I will say it's kind of an odd role reversal where you guys are talking about clothes first. So I'll just say that I am wearing my spicy pea t-shirt uh, that I got for my birthday. So that's where I'm at with the apparel, and um, it's just really nice to connect with other Raptors fans. Totally, I'm I'm so excited to have you. Um, and uh, I, I have a spicy pea t-shirt as well. I'm not wearing it. Um, actually, I don't know if it's, it's sorry. It doesn't have the spicy pea writing on it, but it has the Siakam like along the back. But um, you know, nonetheless, it's a Siakam shirt, so I feel like we've already connected there. For sure. But uh, yeah, I mean, without further ado, let's uh, let's talk some Raptors ball, uh, Maddie. Uh, I know you got some kind of Raptors sting for me. <laughs> let's see what it is. Would you give it to me? That's right, folks. Nothing straightforward here on our podcast. <laughs> Even our sound effects uh, are delirious uh, mm -hmm. and they uh, barely make sense. But um, that's kind of fits for the offseason. Uh, so let's just jump right in here. Um, uh, Allison, if you don't mind, I'll, I'll go to you first. Uh, so I think for me, there's kind of like three big issues going on with the Raptors like right now in our offseason which is, um, you know, what's going to happen with Fred's free agency, what's going to happen with Serge uh, Bacchus free agency, and then also where will the Raptors play? Uh, I think, you know, there's different factors for each, and obviously we don't, you know, have a, have a crystal ball or exact foresight, but I want you to rank those three things for me as far as, like, you know, what are you thinking about? What are you interested in? So from my perspective, I, I think the Raptors' first priority should be uh, re-signing Fred. I mean, there's just such a cool narrative around him. And he definitely passes Masai's character test. This is the, the kind of yeah. player that um, he seems to put on the roster, people with character. Um, you know, I think back to that monster game that he had against the Warriors in Game 6 just you know oh unbelievable and i remember his first year when he came up and i remember like thinking this kid like short and can sure like splash the three ball yeah so um yeah he's kind of a critical part i think i would say he's the most important of the three but i just wonder if he's um going to be part of the raptors long term i just mm. that that last possession of the boston game that kind of encapsulated to me the the issues with Fred just and and he was very much hindered by size. 
So um, I, I just yeah. wonder if Masai trades him like through the year. I don't know. I, I hate to say it. Hmm, that's that's an interesting thought because because first of all, I totally agree with you on Fred. Like I saw the fire, you know, he's incredible. He's kind of like plays bigger than his size, and also you can see the lack of kind of shot creation sometimes or lack of playmaking. Like you know, I, I mean. Maybe we take Kyle Lowry for granted, and that's where that comes from. But, you know, you saw that Kyle fouls out the last play of the game, um, and it was just, you know, dribbling the ball, dribbling the ball. And, and maybe that's something you overcome. But, yeah, I mean, I totally agree with you. I think where but, – but the interesting thing I, I, I haven't really been thinking about is as far as retaining assets, does Masai, you know, re-sign Fred while also keeping an open mind to trading him? That's yeah, that's a yeah. really tough decision. Um, and I guess we're hearing between 20 and 22 million. That's going to be the number. Um, right. I, I don't know. You know who I just keep thinking of in the back of my mind, but I'm sure that he wouldn't work um, for cap space. And I'm not even sure he would be available as D'Angelo Russell. I've always liked him, hmm. um, but I think he's not attainable for the Raptors. Yeah, yeah, I I know he just he just arrived in Minnesota there and um but that's I mean it's going to be a weird year and and Minnesota is you know, have the first overall pick so I guess there's a chance they draft um you know uh the uh the 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 third the, the youngest ball brother um well, I'm forgetting his first first name um Lamelo 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 sorry um yeah yeah I think I think that's a possibility too you know where are you on like the you know resigning surge so fred's number one and and yeah are you concerned about where the raptors play or is it kind of like we mm. can't control it so yeah i so i put surge as the second priority i would love to see him back but i just wonder if he fits into the raptors long-term plans he's certainly a fit uh culture wise and work ethic wise um he seems to be very happy in Toronto. And I mean, it is a great city for international players. Um, he's certainly going to be looking for more than a one-year contract. And I wonder if Masai can offer him, or I should say Bobby, because it's Bobby Webster making the decisions. I wonder oh, Matt, if Matt's going to love you for that. Matt's a big <laughs> Bobby Webster fan here. We might even do a Bobby Webster yeah. later. I like, I just wonder if, uh, you know, Serge would take like a discount. I don't know. I kind of doubt it. And as far as where the Raptors play, I don't think it much matters. I mean, it would be nice if they could play in a city with a lot of expat Canadians, but it's not going to be like there's fans in the seats or maybe there's going to be like some modification. Like I've heard the number 25% fans like in the boxes, luxury boxes where all the money's made. So I I think it's clear that there's not going to be crossing of the border. So yeah, yeah, that's, that was kind of my third. That's, that's my thought. Yeah, no, I I think, I think I'm like basically with you and um, not, no, I I mean, actually all the way because uh, I I don't see really surge taking a major, major cut. Um, and, And it also seems like the market for him is pretty high this summer. Like he, he's such a versatile big man and such a good leader. Uh, and I think the only thing I'm concerned about, I guess, as far as where the Raptors play is just as like my own personal clock, I'm hoping for the same time zone. Oh yeah. So I'm hoping we stay in the Eastern time zone. If it's, if it's like one hour here, one hour there, it wouldn't be that bad. But I think if it's like, if we ended up on the West coast or something like that, 
it could be kind of could be kind of late a lot of late nights um yeah daniel uh where where, where are you at with these i guess three i want to say summer items but it's uh it's november so feels like summer still luckily yeah. here at least here on you know in the, in the northeast like you just said beautiful weather in ontario beautiful weather here in brooklyn where i'm at uh, i share the same number one but i would have to say for me number two is where the rappers will play um, and I have some suggestions even, I mean, I'm trying to think of like oh. cities that would have cities that are a taking COVID seriously or states that are a taking COVID seriously because we want to keep our team, our players and our organization safe, uh, a city that also would have the athletic facilities suitable enough for playing, uh, and teams that don't yet have an NBA, uh, a team, or at least used to have a professional team. So I'm thinking out of Pittsburgh cause you know, it's already in Pennsylvania, Okay. Uh, um, you know, it's, it's not like too close to Philly that it would be like, you know, too many Philly fans, but maybe, well, we wouldn't have any fans in seats anyways, but yeah. Pittsburgh, you know, they're great. They, they obviously they have the penguins, they have baseball, they have football, they have Mr. Rogers, you know, falling waters nearby. If any one of our teammates, you know, wants to take a little tour to see some architecture. Oh, for sure. Lovely you gotta check out falling water. Gotta check out falling water. Um, and I, my other option is maybe Baltimore also in Maryland, uh, not also in Maryland. Baltimore, Maryland, because they used to have an NBA team, I believe. Um, That's right. The Baltimore Hawks before they moved to Atlanta. I, I believe I'm right. I'm not quite sure. Baltimore yeah. used to have a team way I'm back in the sure day. Either. Yeah. Um, but again, another great city uh, that I think would be capable of, of supporting the team, both in terms of health, safety, but also in terms of athletic infrastructure. I think that would be good, too. Wow. If I, anyone's I, I, listening. I appreciate, yeah, you know, some people are listening <laughs> right, right. and I, I, I guarantee you the people who are listening to this pod are the big time decision makers. Yes. Um, that's one thing I can guarantee whoever, you know, where we can't exactly see who, we, uh, you know, the listenership, but I got a good feeling that whoever's deciding like whether it's a bubble, uh, you know, the, the amount of games, all those major, major big time decisions, it's got to go through you. People want to hear your, <laughs> your creativity. They, they know you take the player's safety seriously. Um, I'm joking, but the, the, the those are a lot of good, the, those are a lot of good kind of um, factors. And I think it would be extra frightening to, to have the players be in a place that is not taking it seriously or, you know, is, is particularly um, dangerous, but um, yeah, I'm, 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 basically of the mind that as long as they play in a way that is like accessible to Raptors fans and it's, you know, obviously abundantly clear that it's like, okay, this is a temporary thing. They're coming back to Toronto. Right. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm a little bit concerned that for the players, particularly the free agents, I'm hoping that's not too, I'm hoping that's not like a obstacle for let's say like Fred's agent. I hope that he's not, you know, they're not looking at it like, well, also it's, it's two years till Fred is even in Toronto. So, um, but, uh, let, let me, um, let me move on here. Uh, Daniel, I'm going to ask you, uh, just, just a, just a fun, a fun summary day in November question. Uh, so, you know, COVID's been filled with lots of outdoor hangs, uh, meeting in parks, stuff like that. So I want to ask you, which Raptor would you take uh, on like a, a park hang and uh, what park? It doesn't have to be a park, just an outdoor hang. 
All right, I'm going not just outdoors. I'm going to the great outdoors. And if okay. we're talking parks, let's think big. Let's go to Algonquin or something because I want to go deer hunting with Norman Powell because he's used to bagging some deer, specifically bagging some bucks. <laughs> I, I call him the buck hunter. Wow, uh, nice. Because in, in both 2017 and in 2019, he was kind of like the, the – uh, exclamation point on both of our, in terms of game winning and series winning moments. His leaning uh, dunks. His it's leaning dunks. Good, it's always a good sign. It's, it's, yeah, it's pretty much over uh, if, if Norm starts to do that. Uh, so, you know, I, I've never hunted myself. I, I, I've fished <laughs> maybe once or twice, but I think that Norm and I could don some uh, camouflage, whether it's the uh, more cartoonish kind or the hyper realistic kind where sure. you have all the sticks and reeds and leaves. Uh, I'm sure we could come up. Well, I guess you don't need calls for deer. You have duck calls if you're trying to attract ducks. I don't know if there's deer calls. Norm would show you the way. He would show me the way. Yeah. Um, he also, uh, I think he just has great vision and confidence and would make sure that we had a great time. Even if we didn't, uh, even if we didn't take anything home, anything home. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that sounds like a pretty pleasant time. Um, Matt, I, I, I know you're going to love this question. So, so just, I, I want to plant it in your head. I'm going to go to you after Allison because, uh, you know, it's an outdoor question. I know you're probably, your wheels are probably spinning, but, um, yeah, Allison, who's your, who's your Raptor and where, what, what's an outdoor hang that you'd, that you'd want to do? Well, I kind of broke this down two ways. Did I have to pick a player? Um, not necessarily. Well, I went with Maasai and um, okay. I would like to, and I am kind of three degrees of separation for Maasai, but that's a whole other story. Um, uh, I'd like to do a late season hiking trip in Killarney Provincial Park. I think Maasai would be down for that. And my, other, my other option was Norm Powell, but for a different reason than Dan, because obviously from the bubble, Norm was um, enjoying uh, getting his fishing groove on. So it sounds like he's an outdoor guy. And I think I remember that he is um, learning either uh, sign language uh, this, this off season. Oh, wow. like he's, he's like intellectually curious. I think he would have like the ability to tolerate a 57 year old. I, I think that would be fun. Oh yeah. I'm loving that Norm is like this, like this beacon of like, you know, like warmness and, and, and it's everyone's go-to. It's like, who do you want to hang out with? You got to hang out with Norm. <laughs> like intellectually curious. I like that too. You know, he, he, he does give those vibes of kind of like a mixture of, of calm. Yeah. Kind of like this calm curiosity, but there's strength there too. And there's, and there's a lot of confidence um, and he understands the grind. He understands the <laughs> grind. Understanding the grind is is one of my favorite anythings because it's like it's so. There's not a lot of ways in. Like you kind of have to be a basketball fan already, and it's like it's built on it's built on other existing sayings, um, and I love it. It's a it's a perfect brand. Uh, Matt, have you have you put any thought into this? Is there a is there a park? Is there an outdoor space? We got we got some good stuff so far. We got Killarney and we got Algonquin, both Norm and and Masai as well. Uh, yeah, I've actually got. I'm going to bring two former Raptors actually with me that I think would be important because there's two okay. things that they provide that will make for a nice picnic. Uh, I'm going to bring Marcus Gasol, um, okay. and he's going to be bringing the rosé. Sure, so yeah. we're going to be. Pa- 
pounding yeah, that. And then I I'm bringing some rosé. Yeah. <laughs> bringing my favorite player since I've become a fan, Mr. Chuck Hayes, which will be bringing Chuck it a, like a huge platter of McDonald's cheeseburgers, and we'll just be sitting there. You know what? Sure, let's go to Trinity Bellwoods in Toronto. Just the three of us pounding rosé, eating cheeseburgers. <laughs> of all the places, you could take those two to Trinity Bellwoods. Well, the, the first place I thought, the first place I thought was uh, the White House lawn, because <laughs> yeah, it'd be kind of yeah. cool to see if uh, Trump, because he sees all the cheeseburgers, if he would come out. Because I know he's also a a, a fast food aficionado, like uh, me and Chuck. So. Uh, yeah, I think it would also be kind of nice. It would kind of really fuck with people being like, what the hell is going on now? Like, why is Trump eating (laughs) cheeseburgers? And, you know, Trump's never drank, apparently. So this is his first drink. He's drinking rosé on the White House lawn with Marcus Olchuk Hayes and seafood guy from uh, The Boys. This is what happens when I ask Matt, because your two answers, like, you know, you're thinking about the calm norm. Matt goes straight to like, listen, how do I sow more chaos in this very turbulent time? Why, of course, have a a luxurious picnic on the White House lawn? Um, Okay, uh, a little bit back to serious stuff, but I mean, it's uh, still just guesswork. Uh, Allison, I want to, I want to. Wait, go wait, back to Freddie, you. who oh, did you sorry. go with? Who, who oh, were your choices? Yeah, sorry, um, I, I, I always blank out with my own personal choice. Uh, okay, so I would like to go because I recently just went there. Now it's a little bit of a deep cut, but I would like to go to Frontenac Park. So oh. I'm sure South Frontenac or Frontenac. I'm not sure how to exactly pronounce it. It was beautiful. There was deers, beavers. Uh, I saw a bunch of new birds. Whoa. It was cool. Um, and I think, like, I don't have a good justification for this because I don't even know if he would like it, but I would want to take Siakam. <laughs> um, I just think it would be fun. We would be laughing. Um, maybe we'd be, like, too loud on the trail so there'd be no birds around. But it would be okay, you know? Um, so, yeah, South Frontenac... Pascal Siakam, maybe if it becomes a bigger gathering. I know he's got a lot of brothers. I got a lot of brothers. Maybe it's like a full brothers hang, you know? Um, yeah, yeah. So I think I think that's my choice. Uh, yeah, that's a good choice. Solid. Yeah, it's a solid one. You know, it's not it's not the norm determined. I don't have a yeah. I don't have a great reason for bringing Siakam, but uh, he's just one of those guys that seems fun loving. You know. Um. But actually, speaking of Siakam, um, Allison, I was, uh, I'm, I'm, you know, I've just kind of been thinking about you just season what we did get to date. But, um, you know, every year we all wonder about who's going to perform well or exceed, you know, whatnot. And um, Siakam, I think, broke out the year prior, but he turned into our number one option, at least in the regular season. And it was definitely a, you know, a statistical explosion. He made the all-star team. I'm not necessarily asking who is going to make that type of leap, but uh, I'm just curious who you think will be, you know, the most improved Raptor. 
I, I really hate to use a baseball metaphor, but this um, this question is kind of like a fastball right down home plate, and yeah. I'm the hitter. My, my the first player that came to mind was Paul Watson Jr. Um, the Ooh, glimpses that we saw of him this year, what a gem! Another undrafted player that the Raptors picked up. He's got um, nice quickness on his first step. Um, he's six six, so he's bringing us length at the shooting guard position that we really haven't had. Um, he's got really good sound offensive decision making, and I mean, we just saw him in in bits and pieces. I did look up though; he um, played twenty seven minutes against Denver in the bubble, uh, ended up with twenty two point six rebounds. And my wow. hot my hot take: um, his ascension um, to a rotational player is going to make it easy to trade Norm Powell. I know I want to go like on a hiking trip with Norm <laughs> Powell, but yeah. he's got a super friendly contract, and I think. I think um, I think he gets moved. So Paul Watson is the one for me to watch. I love that take. And I also love that you worked it into like, oh man, I'm going to be on, I'm going to get the call that Norm got traded while we're, you know, while we're walking in Killarney and I'm going to have to be like, oh, um, it's nothing, Norm. Uh, don't check Twitter. Let's just finish out the walk. It's a nice day. But uh, yeah, Paul Watson, you know, um, I actually, like I knew he was on our roster but I, that, that Denver game um, was awesome. I remember we were playing a lot of our, uh, you know, kind of guys who were trying to make a name for themselves. And, and Paul Watson looks like, yeah, like the full package. Like he can jump, he can shoot, he can defend. Like, um, yeah, that's a, that's a wonderful pick. And I think he has, like, um, definitely some runway room to, to head towards being like a rotational player. Um, what about you, Daniel? Do you, uh, is, there, is there someone you're thinking? Paul Watson's a great pick. I I, I almost for, forgot uh, his name, but um, for me, it's maybe it's slightly more obvious. But I would have to say Chris Boucher, for the on its face, the practical reasoning would be that with Marcus Gasol almost a ninety nine point nine percent certainty that he's not coming back, um, that he might be going to Spain or that he might be go, just retiring in general. Um, there'll be more minutes for him at the center with. Serge's uh, position on the roster also not necessarily locked down yet until we either see him leave or resign him. Either way, there's going to be greater opportunities for Chris and seeing his uh, confidence in shooting the ball from, from outside um, his ability to have some highlight level dunks and highlight level blocks uh, his ability to come through in tough situations. I believe he was on the floor during our biggest comeback ever against Dallas earlier this season. He was, yes. I think he was the center that was playing then. And I think he also had a fantastic game against the Lakers. There was an early season game in 2019, 2020, where the Lakers were just not expecting Boucher at all. Um, and so, you know, obviously we love, we love our slim duck. Uh, if he could add some bulk in the offseason and maybe be a thick duck, I think that he would be even more uh, of a handle for other teams to play against in the paint. So I have high hopes for Chris. Every time I hear the nickname Slim Duck, I think that, you know, so many players have, like, not a great nickname. And he has, like, I think two or three awesome ones because I love Bloc Québécois. Great like, as well. That, to me, it's a, that's a deep kind of Canadian cut. But, you know, coming from Montreal and, and being a big shot blocker, I just, I just love that. Um, yeah, Boucher. I, Boucher is a great pick, too, because, you know, I remember when uh, that LA game, when I, th I think it was Serge who got injured. It was Serge and Kyle on that road trip, I believe. Um, and uh, 
he really just the way he blocked, you know, in the fourth quarter, he blocked Davis, he blocked LeBron. And it was just like he was unleashed against his team. He also had a really big block on Giannis this year. His length surprises people. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, as far as like, you know, putting on like the weight and bulk, like I never really know what's possible within a certain body type of a player. And like, he definitely seems like really skinny. So we'll, we'll see, but yeah, he's, he's got a variety of skills. Um, my guy uh, was actually um, <laughs> someone who was kind of, I don't want to say disliked by Raptors fans, but I think he had a weird year. Um, and that's Pat McCaw. Mm. So he, you know, he might get traded, but I think he's, he's on a fairly, you know, cheap contract. He was also on the floor during that Dallas run. Um, and I think, you know, is very reticent to shoot, but I also feel like he, you know, nurse trusts him and he's definitely a guy who, you know, people were like, why is he getting minutes over, uh, uh Davis? And, and, and I, I was one of those people too, was kind of confused. And I still think, you know, he might be a fringe rotation guy, but he has enough defensive skill and smarts. And just playing for Golden State for a couple of years and then playing for us, like he's he's Three someone rings. who's like his, his pedigree is trusted. I was thinking during the Boston series, we could have really used his length. Like, I wonder if that would have tipped things a little bit more in our favor because, um, you know, he would have been good out there. Yeah. And, and I forget what exactly he got injured. Um, uh, it was a like a cyst on his knee, I think, wasn't it? Oh, like that's a, what it was. Yeah, because I, I was going to say infection, like a Baker yeah. cyst, I think. Anyway, yeah, yeah, and and, and, and that was like a quiet, like one of those quiet moments where it was like, wait a second, why is he just not being played? I feel like Rondé might have got injured in the playoffs as well. Mm. Um, okay, uh, I think let's uh, let's talk a little bit of NBA. How does that sound? Sounds Good. great. All right, uh, Maddie. Uh, I don't know what NBA sting you got. It might be Adam Silver driving a boat, uh, but I I trust you. I trust you with this pod. So, Maddie, please give it to me. I think I came pretty close to timing it out that time. Um, yeah. Let's uh, let's let's go to you, Daniel. Uh, so, yeah, the season's happening. I think there was a short period of time where it was like, no, it's too soon. Um, the big, you know, the LeBrons and then the been the Lakers and then you know the big superstars won't have it. But I think money, I guess, talks, and the season is very much happening on uh, December twenty second. Uh, there's a couple key dates out there. And, um, and yeah, I just, uh, just want to, my mind's rolling. Like, you know, is this going to be like, how is each team going to approach this year? Uh, is it going to be, are we going to see a lot of resting from, you know, a Kawhi, a Curry, a LeBron, our younger players, like a Doncic, maybe going to try and take an advantage, take advantage of this and say like, well, I can play all 72 games. So I'm going to make sure my team has the number one seed type thing. Um, so yeah, uh, that's I'm thinking about it just in that way. But um, yeah, you know, who, who do you think benefits from this shortened season? So we're we're getting the 72 game season. I think the teams that would benefit the most 
I mean, and I have them on completely different ends of the spectrum in terms of what their experiences were like in the last season. On the one hand, I have the Lakers because they don't have to change much going into next season. LeBron's going to be there. Davis is going to be there. Frank Vogel is going to be there. You know, all of the turbulence that was happening with the front office at the end of the season before with Magic leaving and then this, that, and the other. Rob Palenka, still questions around his leadership. All those questions have pretty much been answered. Um, I think LeBron and Davis have, have, are the best one-two punch in the league by far. And they will, be con- they will be able to take all the rest that they need and they can kind of continue in this groove that they're on. Um, and they don't have to tinker much in order to get better. And I think that they have a huge potential to be even better this year. On the other end, a team that has probably played the least amount of basketball or meaningful basketball in this whole last season, but can be right back there in the championship conversation is the Warriors. You have Clay and Steph all taking more than enough time to heal from their respective injuries. You have Draymond, who is probably going to feel like he can play competitively again now that they're all back. And again, same coach, uh, relative, relative lack of turnover in terms of personnel. We'll see what they do with this number two pick. Uh, the only question is like, what do they do with Wiggins, whether they try to make him a meaningful member of the core or whether they spin him off into another trade. And they're right back there in the championship conversation and they don't have to, again, tinker that much to, to be there. And, you know, they're the most, probably the most refreshed or the most rested championship level team uh, of the bunch. Yeah, I think that's pretty fair. And, and, and uh, something I didn't bring up, but um, is, is key is, uh, is continuity. You know, I think we, as Raptors fans, we've seen the benefits of it. Um, and in a season like this with so much ambiguity about what exactly is going to happen um you know in the draft and free agency there's just yeah it's not a year where uh you get it you get it you're gonna you're gonna get a lot of certainty or kind of direct answers so um yeah um, i'm i'm with you uh allison is there a team that kind of comes to mind for you that might benefit from from the way that this season's shaping up yeah, I, I agree with Daniel about the Lakers, but I, I wonder if Avery Bradley will be back. And I was concerned about their ability to, um, like, shot creation. Uh, obviously, that was a needless concern. I just thought they were yeah. thin at the at the one-two with Rondo there. Um, but, uh, yeah, um, I think Denver will be uh, – they're going to have some continuity with that team alone. I think Millsap is coming off the book, so it'll be interesting to see what they do with – um with him but i mean Denver's very much choice, yeah. yeah i also picked miami um i don't think there's any way that Dragic goes elsewhere it's just what kind of contract are they going to settle on because uh, they were so close and the other team i kind of looked at um was dallas um dwight powell um like i said to my friends that they were dwight powell away from being in the finals um the wow. dallas mavericks so um and i think the raptors have continuity with leadership so regardless of sort of what happens with the roster um you know I, I, they're going to come out of this um okay so the two main teams like that I saw were Denver and Dallas being um, at a relative advantage with the shortened season. Yeah. I like that. And, and, and poor Powell, cause he, you know, he was such an instrumental part of, I think, you know, Doncic having the, that the, you know, obviously his rookie year was incredible, but this year it, it was massive. And uh, yeah, you know, it was, I'm not sure when in the year Powell tore his It was Achilles. early. It I want to say de- December maybe. Yeah. I'm, I'm not sure. And uh, he was so important for that team. He just kind of did a lot of things. And um, 
I hope he's healing up well. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think he'll definitely be uh, an important part of Team Canada if you know the, uh, the yes. Olympics happen. I just checked um, out his um, his injury update, and it sounds like he has like his goals to be playing in Game One of the new season. So and that's oh, a, really? another player. Yeah, um, that update was from I think August. But that's another player that would look great in the uh, the red and white in Toronto. Would love oh, to I'd have lo- him. Tenacious yes. rebounder. Yeah, he'd be a nice piece. And multi-skilled too. You know, mm-hmm. he's got that. You know, I think we used to look at players like you know, kind of that that are around his size. And someone like uh, Kelly Olynyk, it's like, oh well, you know, they're just a bit too small. It's like the the tweener thing that people used to always say was always um, kind of like a derogatory thing like oh he's a tweener and now it's like no tweeners are wonderful mm-hmm. we actually like guys that can do a lot of different things you know particularly when defense is a lot less banging and a lot more kind of running around playing these intense zones uh yeah he'd be great in our zones um yeah my my pick was i was kind of thinking dallas um uh, i don't want to be a homer but yeah the, the raptors and kind of like our leadership brass for sure and to prove I'm not a homer, I feel like I'm, I've been doing this, this like uh, a bit of an apology tour for a little bit since I, I slammed them so much. But I do think Boston uh, is set up to have a pretty good season. Uh, they have a lot of continuity and, you know, even more young developing players like their, their draft pipeline is so good. Um, and don't they have two picks this year, too? I think two first so. Round picks. Yeah, and and you know, I should say I'm not exactly sure. I mean, I think this off season, like next next episode, might be totally different because this off season, I feel like could be quiet or could maybe be explosive. I know Hayward, um, there's a player option there, so mm-hmm. I I guess I assume he'll pick it up, but I never really know the calculus of these free agents. You know, if they're trying to ensure more money down the the road or if it's a tumultuous time and they just want to say, hey. I'll take this year's contract. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, Allison, uh, uh, you know, cause kind of speaking of like different players in different places, um, you had the, the, the Russell thing earlier, which uh, w- was a really good one. I feel like that would be an interesting fit thinking about uh, D'Angelo and, and Pascal, but yeah, rumors are flying. Um, I was on my friend Catherine's pod the other day and she was talking about how we've had like a week of Drew holiday rumors. <laughs> Um, and it's been, it must, must be a wild ride for Drew Holiday. Um, it's like an annual tradition, really, for him. Now. Yeah. Uh, he's got a, a, lot, a lot of action. But, um, yeah, is there, is there any kind of trade you see happening or, or, or you want to happen or might be a big surprise? Um, you know, I wonder about Atlanta. Like they have a lot of young pieces and I wonder if they would consider getting rid of their, like converting their, um, I think they have the sixth pick in the lottery into like um, more of a veteran player. They've got John Collins, I think at the four and you know, there's a lot of buzz about Trey Young being, um, you know, an elite guard. Uh, Sure. He is on the offensive side of the ball, but I'm not so sure about the defensive side of the ball. 
And the other team, I wonder, like, just if you're the Milwaukee Bucks, like, is Eric Bledsoe really your guard going in if if you want to be in the the finals? Like, I just don't see him as dynamic. Um, And uh, admittedly, I mean, I watch mostly Raptors and maybe one other NBA game of the week um, that doesn't involve the Raptors. I just don't see Eric Bledsoe getting it done for them. So those are kind of a couple teams I, I wonder about making some moves. Yeah. Um, I think, I think it's a good pick because, uh, you know, Milwaukee is a team and I'm sorry, I framed this question kind of weirdly when I, when I first asked you, but, but, but thanks. Cause you, you, you nailed it in terms of like what, what I'm trying to get at Daniel follow my, my, my twirling brain here. But um, what I'm trying to get at is it seems like some teams are kind of quiet uh, while others are, you know, you're hearing a ton about Golden State, Brooklyn, uh, you know, in, in Philly, Maury's there now. So I think people are expecting fireworks. Houston, you have, who knows what's going to happen. Um, but yeah, there's some other teams like Milwaukee's a really good one where it's like, I, I feel like we should be hearing Milwaukee rumors every day um, based on what happened, you know, and I get to Miami. And I mean, I guess the Giannis rumor is there, but uh, yeah. Who do you feel like we should be hearing, Daniel? Like, should be hearing more of like Team X is looking for a blank. You know, a team that was a Mike Conley bouncing in and out three away from going to the second round was the Utah Jazz. Right. Uh, They were as close as you can get to making it past the first round of the playoffs and didn't. I think at the beginning of last season, they were a lot of people's kind of sleeper pick or hipster pick or darling pick to make it pretty far in the playoffs. I never saw that myself and it didn't really bear out that way. Um, They have a pretty big remainder of Mike Conley's contract, not necessarily in terms of years, but in terms of value uh, that's looking very expensive. And they also have a huge decision to make with Rudy Gobert, whether or not to max him out or sign in trade or, or, you know, let him walk. I, I don't like, I don't know if you just let him walk, but I also don't think that he is worth the amount that he could probably command, um, given that his numbers can be his contract can be inflated with the amount of all stars that he's made or all defensive teams that he's made and those types of accolades. Um, you, I mean, Donovan Mitchell, as we saw in the first round of the playoffs, putting up 50 point games has you know huge, huge potential, and I think you want to surround him with players that are on his same timeline in terms of age and. Uh, the, the Jazz, you know, they were everyone's kind of favorite pick last year. And this year is kind of like, well, what are you actually going to do? Because they, yeah, they have a lot of decisions to make, I think. Yeah, J- Jazz are a great team, too. And uh, I'll put my hand up for sure as one of the people who was like, the Jazz? Maybe going to the finals. <laughs> um, and as the year progressed, you know, I thought they they had a really good roster. And and uh Bogdanovich uh, injury was a, yeah. was a big blow, but um, mm-hmm. yeah, that's a, it's, it's a really good way to think about it. Well, you know, when, when you make that big splash, it, you do get a little bit more than a year because there is that little bit of wait time to be like, okay, let's see what happens. And seeing the way it played out, you, you were really competitive against a team that went to the conference finals, but also you're probably thinking this isn't enough to 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 be a major contender uh, and kind of like put yourself over the top where if you do get a, a Bogdanovich injury you can still you can go on mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it sounds like there might be locker room issues there too with with Gobert like I wonder how cohesive that bunch is and my other thought 
I don't know. I've never liked Quinn Schneider, particularly as a coach, some of his decisions. And I mean, I'm sitting at home thinking like, why aren't you calling a timeout? It just, I just wonder if they're looking at coaching there too. Mm, that's uh, I haven't heard anything about the coaching, coaching thing, but there is some, there is kind of some stuff going on. Cause I feel like as a team, they've been inconsistent in terms of, you know, one year they're amazing on defense. And then this year they seem to get better on offense well, not exactly holding on to the defense. And and yeah, Gobert, I mean, that that line about Gobert being, you know, uh, someone who's difficult to be in the locker room with, like that's been repeated for some time now. Mm-hmm. So I feel mm-hmm. like when there's smoke, there's fire for sure. Uh, and I've heard, I, I don't know if it was Zach Lowe or who exactly was saying, but just, you know, something along the lines of he puts a lot of energy into playing good defense and almost has that that Dwight Howard thing, you know, from a mm. decade ago, where it's like I'm so good on defense, give me the ball more, and it can lose a sense of like what's good for the team. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, hey, Donovan Mitchell, basically whatever he's doing is going to be better than trying to run plays through you. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, hey, that that takes us to our our last segment of the pod, quickish questions. Uh, probably gonna get pretty silly here um are you two in sounds good yep all right uh maddie um it's quickish questions time so please good sir give me that quickish question sting Um, I feel like one day I'm going to get mugged and someone's going to make that sound effect back to me, like in a mocking way. <laughs> and they're going to be like, listen, you should have never tried to match <laughs> up with the sound effects. I just wanted to hear them normally. Um, anyways, that's a pretty scary vision. Hopefully that never Jeez, happens. Yeah. I know. I, as soon as I started to say it, I'm like, this is getting dark. And I think I'm scared <laughs> of my own premonitions. Uh, okay. Um, so quickish questions. Uh, here's how it works. I'm going to, you know, stumble, stutter through and probably butcher some questions as, as quick as I can. I'll probably misread a comma or two, um, but that doesn't matter. It's your job to answer as quickly as humanly possible. You can't phone a friend. doesn't matter if you're right or wrong. You just got to like whatever, whatever comes to your mind. Got Maddie. it. You ready for this or what? <laughs> Let's do it. Okay. So let's do uh, let's do um, Allison Daniel Matt. Okay, here we go. Wait, sorry. All right, Allison. Who is the best recording artist in the NBA? Dame, Dollar Dame. Gotta go with Dame. Daniel, who will be the player who is most out of shape? coming into this season? Um, Joel Embiid. Okay. Matt. Yeah. How many games of a 72-game season does Kawhi play? Wow. Um, I think he's going to play 50. I like that. Uh, Allison, who would be a better fit for the Raptors? Drew Holiday or Victor Oladipo? Oh, that's a hard question. I'm going to say Depot. Always liked him. Yeah. And the shooting guard thing I like. 
Daniel, we're going to hear this question a lot. Uh, where is Giannis going? He's going to Toronto. Okay. Uh, Matt, Yeah. who wins in an old-timey duel between Jack Armstrong and Leo Routens? Pistols. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I want to give it to Jack. <laughs> yeah. Okay, and then also, uh, sticking with this theme, Allison, who wins a joust between these two? Oh, I'm going to go with Maddie. I love it. Um, Daniel. Yes. What would you add slash change to take the inflatable Raptor bit to the next level? Ooh, uh, maybe. It's already a good bit. Let me just say. Yes. Maybe some helicopter blades so that he could float uh, above the crowd. Uh, in the, or whatever the technology they use. You know how with some arenas they have like little blimps that drop off like burritos or, you know, food yeah. and things like that. Like he needs to be airborne now. Maybe 100%. he needs to get wings. He could be, you know, I'm sure that there was a pterodactyl raptor hybrid somewhere in the Jurassic <laughs> era. Well, it kind of, it kind of fits because like aren't raptors supposed to be like chickens? And I think chickens can like, you know, they can't fly, but they can get some air sometimes. They sure can. So maybe it's one of those like chicken flights, you know? Uh, you know, it's just like that, but that's that sort of thing. Um, okay, Matt, yeah. uh, if there is a basketball league of teams made up of mythological creatures, which mythological creature or mi which mythology will be the champions? Which mythology would be the champions? Um, it's a busy question. Yeah. I'll say that. Oh, boy. What? Uh, I love it. Can, um, God, I don't know. Like, does it have to be uh, like an existing mythology? Honestly, like, I have no idea. I, 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 if someone ever asked me this, I'd be like, Xerxes? <laughs> I was going to say, like, the Harry Potter kids? <laughs> okay, we're going with the Harry Potter kids. Hey, that's, a, that's a mythology. Come on. Right? They have sports. Yeah, they, they got sports. sports. Quidditch. Um, okay, Allison. Um, how many shots... Uh, I guess of of uh, tequila. Does LeBron make Biden do when the Lakers visit the White House? <laughs> oh, uh, uh, I'll say two. I, I, I wonder how big of a, a shooter guy um, Joe Biden is. I, I see him more of a Scotch guy, but I, I think uh, yeah, I think two. Yeah, shooters would be you know pretty intense, but uh, I mean LeBron will be excited, I'm sure. Um, okay, sticking with this theme, Daniel. Uh, uh, how many shots does uh, Kamala Harris do? Um, well, Kamala. she now uh, 24 for Kobe, you know. 24, Whoa. yeah. I, I love that. She does 24 shots yeah. and it's like totally fine. Yeah. Um, yeah, I can. <laughs> Mama mentality, you know? Yeah, mom mentality. Kamala mentality, yeah. Uh, Matt, this, yeah. Is, uh, this is the last question here. Oh my God. Um, what is the, okay, I'm just going to say best basketball video game of the 90s. 2000s and 10s. Um, now, I don't have much experience playing a ton of them, but I will always be a hardcore NBA Jam fan. You know, circa yeah. 94. Okay, that actually wasn't the last question. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> Allison, uh, I got one more for you, and, and Daniel will, will... Actually, you know what? Let's make this an all-play. Um, what's the... Like... like I'm just going to ask you in general, like what is like what arena has the best soundtrack? 
Mm. In the NBA. That's, uh, I'd have to say the Raptors, but I mean, I, I admittedly, I don't watch a lot of other NBA games. So what do you guys think? Daniel? I'm going to, I'm going to zag here and say, rather than take an arena with a soundtrack, I would rather be at an arena with an organ player. And I believe that is still yeah. Atlanta. Atlanta they, has an organ, yeah, an yes. organ player. And I want to say there's at least one other team that also has an organ player, but Atlanta for sure I know has one. Wait, is it Milwaukee? Oh, maybe. No. Maybe. I'm not sure. I know when I saw the Pistons, they had like a kind of like a funk band. Oh, wow. In, in one of the like kind of like, although it was it was a rather empty stadium, so it was a bit weird. Too, right. Because I was like, right. okay, the funk band's cool, but um, Matt, what's your... Uh, What's the, what's the best possible soundtrack for, for NBA Gamer? What's your favorite soundtrack? Um, well, yeah, the only other arena I've been in is a Pistons game in uh, Auburn Hills. Right, we were there together. Oh, that's true. And uh, I'd say if... <laughs> does Montel Jordan perform every single game? <laughs> I don't know, but that was cool. When we were in <laughs> Detroit... They were like halftime performance Montel Jordan, and we were like, "Is this for real?" Wow! It was it was wonderful. Yeah, that's wild. Yeah, hey, I guess we gotta go. Sorry. Were you guys at the game that um, in Auburn Hills that um, George Clinton performed at, like the Funkadelics? Was wow. that? Oh no! That would be awesome. Yeah, and you know what was cool? I actually had courtside for that game. I uh, I splurged, wow. and Andre Drummond came out and sat like um, where the players' wives sit and watched the watched the band set. Like it was pretty cool to see him. Oh, that's like, awesome! Like paying respect to like the pioneers, right? Of like funk. It was uh, yeah, like that was amazing. Like I get to see a game and the Funkadelics. Like that was so- great. How many Funkadelics were there? Was it like George? It's like, like, did they basically uh, take 30 minutes to introduce them all? Like, no, I think this was some kind of like 2016 iteration of them. Okay. But George Clinton was there for sure. Like it was it was great. That's awesome. Wow. Um, well, yeah, on that happy kind of funky note, um, this this is the pod. We, we made it. Thank you both so much for joining. Uh, it was awesome. Uh, it was fun. Yeah, this is, this is a good time. I'll um I'll go to you first, Daniel. You know, um, Criterion obviously get get your good movies, everybody. But um, you know, yeah. What do, what do you want to tell people? Um, you know, on the Criterion channel right now, I'm trying to. I always try to think of basketball con- related content to share, and we do have an ongoing series called Adventures in Movie Going, where we invite luminaries from film, literature, all sorts of you know fields to come on and talk about their history of going to the movies and their favorite films in the Criterion Collection. So Kareem Abdul-Jabbar sat down for one of these uh, last year or two years ago, and his favorite films that he suggested were all Westerns and some samurai epics. He has some really great samurai film picks. Uh, so, and he has a great interview talking about, you know, going to see movies when he was going to UCLA as a college player. And yeah, fascinating guy. I love it. Yeah, I love Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. is such an incredible figure. Um, yeah, I, I, Allison, you know, uh, everyone, please check out uh, R- Raptors Queen's uh, pod. But um, yeah, where, where where can they find you? How can they help you? Do, do you all have a Patreon? 
Uh, we're, it's kind of a labor of love. Like none of us, it's not our primary gig. We just do it for, because we're all like hardcore fans. So we're on Stitcher, Apple, anywhere you get your podcast, we're there. We have an Instagram We're we're on Twitter. Um, so yeah, check us out. It's been fun. Having Paul Jones was like the highlight of, uh, of our year so far and we're like looking into the future. So I don't have anything to, uh, to promote, um, other than, wear a fucking mask and um, <laughs> yes. there, there is a climate emergency. So uh, that's, that's pretty much all I have to say. Here, 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 here. And, and just a quick, you know, uh, if, if for folks who want to check out this pod, maybe go listen to the Paul Jones episode. That'd be awesome. I was, you know, super lucky to see Paul Jones in kind of like a Q and a scenario at the Rivoli last year. Um, and it was awesome. He, he, he's such a, like an important kind of Raptor figure. So congratulations. That's, that's incredible. Um, and yeah, everyone wear your fucking mask. It's a climate emergency. Come on now. Um, let's, let's, uh, let's take this seriously. Uh, Matt, I feel like we're, we're here. Uh, we made it to the end of the pod. Uh, thanks everyone for listening, you know, share, subscribe, 